Mana 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 this is social disgusting welcome to social disgusting a podcast where my guests and i discuss our lives amidst the wanton hellscape in which we find ourselves i'm brandon aka brandon hope you're well my guest is a returning one third time first person first third timer wow there is yes wow in the illustrious 100 and 70 maybe i don't remember third time and i usually request to be on well this time we said it during oh the podcast that one we said oh yeah we said turian and then i think before it doesn't matter but um i guess hello how are you joe Schiappa, welcome hi uh it's nice to be here always a pleasure to hear your voice and to talk to you i feel like i follow i i know nothing personally about you but i know that you watch a movie a day and sometimes much you watched yeah. something yesterday. What did you put up yesterday? What did you watch? I watched Basketball. Oh, yeah. I remember liking that movie. How was it? You know, it's a movie it's... that came out, what, like 25 years ago now? No. So... What year is that movie? I think it was 98. Yeah, so, that's so. The, so I guess that's the height of South Park, right? Like these guys. What was weird about that movie is that they would, they are the new class of the Zucker brothers, right? And then they team up with the Zucker, one of the Zucker brothers to make yeah. a movie. And the movie is, from what I remember... Not South Parkian at all. It's very like Zucker Brothers, right? It's Zucker Brother Brothersy with kind of like a Sandler and his prime tinge to it, or maybe that's just the right. '90s itself, I guess. And I guess what were they trans? They were trying to make those guys more polished or something, right? They were trying I to guess make so. some stars because they yeah. never made a movie after that that wasn't their own. No, that movie did feel like it. Definitely felt more like a studio movie than a what we now know to be a. Trey Parker and Matt Stone movie. Right. And it's not at all like Team America or any of that type of no. thing. It's pretty soft, right? No, it's pretty soft, but they also do comment on selling the whole thing is about like not selling out. And oh, at one point and and at one point they literally wink at the camera about how gross it is that so and so such such and such character would have sold out. And and done this thing, and they like. I think they literally wink at the camera or look at the camera. The only thing I don't like about those guys, I do like South Park. I thought the movie was great. I think Team America's kind of a piece of art. I just don't like their like libertarian attitude, where they're just like they. At one point, I saw them quote say or one of them say like, "Hey, if you don't like the the candidate, don't vote," which I think is the wrong attitude to tell young (laughs) people. Like they told people not to vote. So I don't know. Some of their politics, I feel like, are muddied. With what they, I haven't seen Book of Mormon, but you know, once once older people told me it was good, I decided I wasn't going to see it. <laughs> but, I think Book of Mormon, yeah, Book of Mormon was a it? weird. I've not seen it. Oh, I've, okay. I've, somebody played the soundtrack for me early on in the run. You couldn't find it yourself. You had to someone had to play it for you. Yeah, yeah. It it they kind of uh, it does kind of remind me, you know, Hamilton feels like it it mixes with Book of Mormon in that it took on such a level of ubiquity. Yeah. That the narrative around it was more annoying too annoying for my brain to process so i just couldn't do it uh like i listen to i say that and i listen to hamilton a lot and it's a good soundtrack but it's so bigger than itself now that it everybody who talks about it annoys me and that runs into the thing itself and i just can't enjoy it on any level yeah i haven't seen hamilton my niece we were in a car ride and my niece was like, can you put on Hamilton? And I thought it was so corny. Oh, we've talked about this, haven't we? How Probably. Hamilton's so uh, corny. But I will say about ba- basketball is that it definitely, it, they were, de- I mean, watching that movie now and not remembering like the narrative around it, whatever narrative that might be, if there was one at all. But very clearly to me, they were like, 
they were big, and a lot of people wanted to attach themselves to that because, and they were like the big, new, hot, popular thing because there were so many like cameos of people that I wouldn't necessarily expect to do that. And, you know, like Robert Stack is in it at least five minutes, and he's really funny in it. Like, what is, I laughed. I don't even remember really, him being in it. What was he playing? He was playing off of his uh, Unsolved Mysteries persona. Oh, but it, I remember Robert Vaughn being in it, right? Robert. Yeah, Vaughn, Robert Vaughn's um, the antagonist in that. Right, uh, and there's some blowjob joke, right, with Jenny yeah. McCarthy where she, like, polishes a doorknob yeah, or something? It's all, like, this innuendo stuff that the joke is that it's literal. Uh, right, but that's their so, thing. Yeah, the, and so there are multiple versions of that joke, and that, that was the, the capper, was the polishing the doorknob joke. But then, like, you know, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is in it, but, of course, he was an airplane, so that makes sense. But, uh, like, Bob Costas and Al Michaels were in it, and they're both really funny in it. I remember there's a, there is a funny joke, like, it's too bad they're here on Rotten Egg Night or something. <laughs> yeah, that I yeah. thought was a funny—I remember yeah. that being a funny gag in it. And even, like, uh, the the crescendo of them being on was— you know, the victorious moment at the end, and they're like, you think you're excited? Feel these nipples. And I remember that joke. I've, I've remember that joke ever since I saw the, the one time. I, I was just thinking of that. Yeah, yeah, they have that. Yeah, uh, so, and this is weird because this, this is the down slope of the Zucker brothers, right? Like, they had, a, they had a real run in the 80s, and then this is when, not that this is a Zucker brothers movie, but the Mafia movie comes out. That's Jane Jim, Austen's, Jane Austen's Mafia. Which yeah. I saw in the movies, and I have a, I have... I think I have it on Blu-ray somewhere because I wanted to watch it again. I couldn't find it. And then, which I'll watch again at some point. But then... Um, I remember one joke from that movie, by the way. Which one? The joke that I, I enjoyed it at the time because I think it's just a fun little clever joke. Is like the... the uh, I named her Diane after his mother. I'm a... Uh, uh, after his mother. I'm a mother? <laughs> and, <laughs> and as a joke, I was like, that's clever. I like that, that is... That's well, clever. I like Jim Abr- I mean, I like Hot Shots. Hot Shots is funny. I, I like his. I, I wonder, you know, Jim Abrams also. They also directed um, Ruthless People, which is really funny. It's a funny farce. It's not quite a, like the movies there, joke a minute. I mean, they did invent a genre, right, of kind of movie that after the 90s, they kind of faded out. But then Scary Movie had a real run. There's like five of those, right? So And you know. one of them, at least one of them did one of those movies. Well, at the end, they were directing the movies that they influenced, which I thought was both sad and interesting. Because they I, were they directed like Scary Movie five or something, right? Or four, four and five. Yeah, I'm looking, trying to look it up now. When the Wayne brothers t- kind of stopped being involved with it. Well, when it was like bigger than them at that point, it was just like, man, these things write themselves. Near the end, it felt quite clear that that was the case, and then. They were just like, how are you not going to cash a blank check at that point? You know, fair enough. Yeah, they... and there's there was the other. Who were the other guys that were making those movies? Um, they made Date Movie and um, oh yeah, man, like it, it, Meet the Spartans. They were making those kind of movies. I think they made one with in the '90s with um, uh, with like uh, oh god, with Leslie Nielsen, but it wasn't a Zucker brother movie. You know what I'm talking about, right? I could there, I could see it. There There's like several. a fugitive imperative. Oh, you're talking about wrongfully accused. Yeah, is that one of them? Uh, yeah, I, think I rewatched one of them, that the other day actually. Did you? Is it funny? Yeah. I think Pat Prof. Maybe that's not one of their movies. I think they made another one with him. That's kind of a parody. Anyway, so those are all crap, and then it kind of went down. I wonder if you could make one of those movies now, just because 
the turnover in parity is so quick now. I don't know what would you be parodying. You'd have to make a own your own version of that kind of movie. I don't know if people are into that kind of movie anymore. Like the time has passed. I think the, I think of you know we'll get to a point where one will just be gigantic and then it'll breed more incarnations, but probably like in a much smaller life cycle than the last iteration of it. But to your point, like I don't know how how you do it without like uh, touch you know. Uh, uh, playing on some kind of like to- relatively new cultural touchstone, but even then, by it being a touchstone, it could be played out. So I don't really know how you reconcile those things and make it fresh and funny. I'm sure some form I of it's going to happen. It's inevitable to me. I liked, you know, what's great about Top Secret is that the references are kind of 30 years old. Like, it, yeah. it's kind of a WW, it's a World War II movie, WW2, a World War II movie, and it's also makes fun of Elvis movies, which at that time no one really cared about, but kind of is his own thing. So maybe they're a movie like that. I just think they got so specific where it's like date movie, and it's only movies about romantic comedies that were made, and then there's, you know, Scary Movie was only about horror movies with kind of other stuff mixed in. I don't know. I like those joke movies. I just, it's funny that they, you know, I don't know. I, I guess you'd have to, like you were saying, you'd have to, you know, someone will make one and then it'll be 90 of them. It just seems like, you know, I was talking to a friend the other day who, like, you know, has put together financing for movies and stuff. And, you know, comedies don't do well elsewhere if, you know, if it's not broad. You know, like you can't, you can't that, really make something specific because it just sense. won't sell in other countries. Like, but, you know, doesn't necessarily speak English. So horror movies do well. You don't need a star. Romantic comedies kind of do well because everybody loves Christmas and some, you know, like I think it's it's just a different environment. I think that reminds me of a couple of things. One, yeah, to your point though about like Top Secret, I think I think one of those parody movies could definitely work if you play on nostalgia, especially because people, yeah, uh, certainly me at this moment, like leaning into it to a certain extent as a warm blanket mentally to just go back to pre all of this times at the moment. So I could see that really resonating with people. And, I mean, that's what a lot of what Marvel was doing is, you know, honestly. Oh, oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So fair enough on that. Uh, the other thing is, and I, I think I mentioned this before on a podcast, but who cares? But I think that's what they say Netflix says about uh, Sandler movies is that they're so broad, they appeal to everyone. And that they can drop a new Adam Sandler movie in any country and it immediately become the number one movie there. Does it really? Is there? Did you read an article about it or something? Is they that said true? So, that is one of like Ted Sarandos or somebody, some one of the higher ups, said something to that effect a couple of years ago, maybe. Like Hubie Halloween, which I thought was very specific to like America. Halloween's not a big thing in other countries, really. Did that do? And I'm I'm just saying it, not that you have the answer, but did that do well in China or where there's be- a big market? I believe it, it was pretty successful from what I remember. I'll it up. I, I believe you. I just, it's weird to me. Yeah, I guess I guess they are broad. I just thought, I actually liked Hubie Halloween. I thought that was funny, but I- I, I thought just, it was really funny. I laughed. I, I think it hit me at the right time, <laughs> too, where the, I, it's, yeah, it made me laugh really hard. Yeah, I just thought it was also good. Like, he, he drinks the eggs and he immediately pukes. I mean, there's just stuff <laughs> in it that I thought were really funny. I mean, it was, I don't know. And he, I, I don't know. I think he- the only one I found offensive that of the Netflix ones were the, the the one where he played a a, a Native American indigenous person. I thought that was offensive all the way through. But I the other ones I thought were were pretty good. 
Um, I've only seen he of the of the Netflix ones. I think I've only seen he the Halloween. Well, what else did he? The Doomer I actually liked. I thought that was pretty good. Um, was it? He's done quite a few. I mean, the the deal he has with them is, I would imagine. I mean, pretty much a blank check as well to do whatever I mean, he wants. And he, he pumps him out. He did Murder Mystery, and he's doing a sequel. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, my wife and I like that one too. Was I thought it? that was okay. fun. Yeah, I mean, you would like it. I mean, it's a bad version of Knives Out. Um, and Knives Out is I did really like that movie either. <laughs> but um, Knives, Knives out, out is fine. Uh, Knives fine. Out I enjoyed in the theater and the experience, and the more I unpacked it, the less I liked it. So I stopped. Unpacking. It, it, there's a lot of hand flourishes in it that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was good. It was fine. It was fine. I I think that guy might be a psycho, but it's fine. Ryan uh, Ryan Johnson. Oh, Ryan Johnson. I just he gives off some Joss Whedon vibes there. That I think oh, he's. Uh, um, I I don't know anybody who knows him or anything. That's just my feeling. Um, well, allegedly, we got um, two more Knives Out movies coming out. As he got paid, I think a quarter of a billion dollars to make them. Did he really? Did the movies uh, do that well? To, Netflix that wanted Netflix. It was a rare opportunity for Netflix where they could basically just through sheer buying power buy a new franchise. And, yeah, that makes sense. And, and yeah. so they were like, okay, sure, because that never happens. And like, I think the deal that Ryan Johnson had, it was like just for the one movie, it became an unexpected hit on like Thanksgiving it came out, I think. And then he just retained ownership of all that. And so he then could sell it to the highest bidder and I, I, Netflix. There you go. I think what was great about the there was nothing, and I remember that year, oh, I say it, it was so long ago, but three years ago, Star Wars was coming out, and that was... Like, there was no other movie that was kind of like your grandma could go to yeah. on Thanksgiving with your whole family could go see it and kind of be entertained. Like, they don't really make those movies as much. Like, everything's either really upsetting or a history. Yeah. <laughs> so, <it's, laughs> I don't know. I, I couldn't even... The, the Golden Globes were the other night. I didn't even know who won or who was nominated. I, I couldn't even tell you what movies came out this year. And this is different than three years ago, but I just couldn't. It just seems to me that... Um, you know, you kind of have to dig around. Which brings me to the two things I want to ask you about. Yeah, if you watched. Can I talk about them now, and then we can get right, into the movie? Oh, the one other thing I was going to ask you is how far did you get with um Mary Steenburgen? Did Mary Steenburgen? Uh, oh, I you... never did anything. Okay, that, that's I thought. Okay, no, yeah, admittedly, fine. uh, no. Once, once after we recorded, around then, that's when winter started hitting here, and I just was like, oh, I got to go into, uh saving my mental health and i was focused more on that than than focusing on uh mary steenburgen which it feels like such a pipe dream but then again 99 percent of the people i've had on the show i never expected anyway so who the hell i was? think uh, you know i really liked your payment ben's interview um i thought He's that was awesome. great that was yeah really he was very call. nice and also i just liked his i kind of thought he was speaking to what we've talked about like making those kind of movies and stuff, like the Step Brothers. I, I, I just like that. I would also say I think you can do more than you. Th I don't know why you get in your own way in that way because I think you've gotten people that I don't think most people could get. Like you know what I'm saying? Like once yeah. you started the ball rolling, now you're getting people that I think sure they're known in the comedy community. It might be they're not, you know, Mary Steenburgen, but I think they're pretty big. No, you you've had a oh I think big no year. no it's it's wild. Who's the biggest like, name you've had? We just say in terms of like recognition, probably, yeah, or like people that people maybe Adam Pally of people what people that's know. huge. That's wild. Yeah, I just lucked out. He was in quarantine in Vancouver, about to film Sonic Two. Oh and, yeah, my son's and, excited to see that. 
I like I the think, first one. I think it's gonna be fun. Yeah, honestly. it looks great. I love Sonic. Yeah, I love uh, I love Sega, and the new one looks pretty fun. So yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna watch. I like it. Sonic. Yeah, the, uh, yeah, that was pretty wild to talk to him. I don't, it's a it's one of those things where like there's always something to do re- uh, regarding this show, whether it's like you know like try to find this person or get this person or you're editing or whatever the case may be. So you don't really have time, any decompression time to really think about, wow, it's wild. I talked to these people. So none of it's really sunk in. And, but you know, to your point though, about like, well, the, the list is very self-perpetuating. I talked to this, these people because I had talked to this person. Right. So you just it, need one person to sign on that kind of can get you in the door with the other people. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think, I'm, you know, I said pipe dream about Steam version. The Arkansas Connection cannot be underestimated. That where are you really again? Do it. I'm in Arkansas, Little Rock. Arkansas, Arkansas. Little Rock, Little Rock, and that's yeah, and the big city there, right? That's yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like you can drive to a downtown, go to a PF Chang's. Do you have that ability? <laughs> that's actually true. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it is true. Okay. No, yeah, I like PF yeah, Chang's. I'm not yeah, like Little Rock is ten minutes away from here. Oh wow! Okay. So it's right there, and she has a. a partial ownership stake in a restaurant in Little Rock. She has she has connect you know, a ton of connections in Arkansas. So I just if you if you want to, I'm not gonna force you. I'm not gonna email you about it. But I just think if you wanted to get Mary Steve Burgeon, she might give you even if it was ten minutes of her time, I think that would be a headline. You know? I would love do you, to I, do you have I, goals no. for the new year? Do you have any Not really. Goals? I, no? I at this point it's more of a I have like broad things maybe and no pressure if I don't hit them type thing. Like I guess like in what? my brain to formalize them is to make Are you them do some real writing and... this year. You gonna do some writing? Maybe. Yeah, I was thinking what about maybe. What do you What do you got going on? I, that's That's also fair. That's a fair follow up. I don't. I got nothing, really. You have an idea. You have something you'd like to work on. Pro. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Great. I guess. I I'll got... buy whatever you sell. If you If you self publish, if you publish, whatever you want to do. Are you gonna do a book like you sent me? Like uh, what's his name? The Simpsons guy. Oh, that I don't have that ability. That guy. Is, oh, oh, you're thinking Charles, smaller. Charles Schwartzel, right? That book. No, those books uh, are John really funny. Schwartzholder. John Schwartzel. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what a those books are so funny. I started yeah. reading. I honestly, I have so many books piled up, but I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna read all of them that you sent. Um, I just have not had been able to focus on a book, but I have focused on two things. I'm gonna talk to you about. Okay. Are you please. ready for these two things? Yes. I want to see if you've seen them. Okay. Kid Detective, Adam Brody, Canadian movie. Have you seen it? It's great. Yeah. Really, really like oh it. Oh, my gosh. Watched it yesterday. I thought it was amazing. Not amazing. I thought it was really great. It's uh, Did you see A Mystery Team? The Yeah, the, I love that movie. Yeah, so I thought it was going to be... This was a better version of Mystery Team, would you say? I think, yeah. It's I the think same that's premise, fair. right? Like the guys, but it's, it's like, what if that? what if it was like the same... Similar content, but more straight, straight-faced. I guess more straight-faced, funnier. I think I, so. I don't know. I thought it was funnier, and I thought Adam Brody was great in it. Um, I, I thought it was like the perfect role for him. You know, and he produced it, I believe, too. It's so, a Canadian movie, so they Canada Canada pays for movies in their country, which I think is nice. But I thought it was great. Very emotional at the end. I thought it was great. Great movie. Yeah. Second thing, Zach Stone is famous. It's on Netflix. It's an old Bo Burnham show from 2013. Have you seen it? I've not. I know of it, though. It's great. Again, another emotional thing. He's so good. He's a fully formed comedic persona at such a young age. I thought he was great. Yeah, um, he, he is a person where 
I'm like, intellectually, I, I genuinely he think he's brilliant. He's a very, his brain is very impressive to me. He's very, very smart. And, uh, and he seems to, it seemed like he, yeah, to your point, like, he just could immediately deconstruct everything he was doing, comment on it, and do it in a very smart way, which is, doesn't feel like something people can, uh, plenty of people can't do at any age, let alone at such an, right. you know, a young age. It's very impressive. All right, those are my two things. Those are two things. Um, you got anything you've seen recently that you think I should go check out? I don't have comedy, but I have drama. Would you? Would you see Yellow Jackets on Showtime, which is a show that <sighs> everybody's talking about it? What is it? I don't know. I literally don't know what it is. I, I've it, seen the posters. I guess it's about a soccer team that crashes in the Andes or something, sort of like a, a live scenario. Yeah, basically it. I I think it's great, and I was I, I started watching. I think after. The second episode debuted, but it's really caught momentum lately, for sure. A lot of people on Twitter are talking about it, but the yeah, the gist of it is, uh, it's an all uh, female soccer team, high school soccer team going to a championship. Their plane crashes, and then it deals with the f- the the both immediate from a flashback perspective fallout from that and the ripple effects, and then following like four of those teammates. Uh, 25 years later. And is it, what's the vibe? Lost? Uh, Handmaid's Tale? What is it? Is it upsetting? Is it interesting? What do, what do you think it is? I mean, what would you, it's, you I think it's fascinating. It's got kind of like a, maybe a, more of a thriller element. There's a lot of mystery. There, it, There's a mystery element for sure on multiple levels. Uh, and you'll see why immediately. But. Okay. It, I'll check it out. Yeah, it's, it's just really good, you know? It's like a... It's, it's not like a lot of shows today. It's got more of a throwback, mid-2000s feel to it. I don't even know what what that constitutes. It's just what it feels like to me. And, uh, yeah, it's great. Highly okay. recommend but it. But is it... It's more like you're strapped into a story than, like, I'm not going to be upset watching it, am I? I can't watch anything upsetting. <laughs> I don't think... No, I don't think so. Okay, great. All right. You now, know what I'm saying? You know yes. what I say by upsetting. Like, I don't want to... I've watched yeah. so many shows where all of a sudden I'm like, oh, God, I feel like Girls was really upsetting. A Pen15 was really upsetting, and I'm glad I watched it. I think it was necessary, but I don't – I was just so upset. It really stayed with me. I don't know if you've had this where, like, things stay with you for a long time. Like, even if it's not that upsetting, but just emotionally, and it's like – I feel like it's been – things stay with me longer since this whole pandemic thing where I'm like, I can't shake it. So I've been trying to avoid – upsetting myself as much as I can. That's fair. No, I know what you mean. Like certain things lingered sometimes good, sometimes bad for me. Yeah, for sure. And uh, definitely more than they did before all of this, I guess, because maybe I have less varying distractions. So I, they just kind of hover in the background of my right. mind more. Are you working or what are you doing? Are you, what do you got going on? I know no, you were to journalist. You're still, uh, hanging out. Yeah. still disability. For the muscles, these things. So yeah, okay, yeah, that's great. I mean, is it good for you? Or how do you feel? It depends on the day. I mean, but that's just how all of this is, especially lately. I think, admittedly, the ever since it officially became 2022, mm-hmm. that's really messed with me because it's 2022, and you think about it started 2020, so then it, you know, intellectually, it's been two years or is about to be. Yeah, all of this, but then the officiality of 2022 really got to me we're only 13 days in as we're recording this so it's not like we're deep into it but uh 
it's just man it's been a lot to process what's the vibe in little rock is it uh mass a lot of mass or what are you you going inside to eat what are you doing oh i'm not i'm not doing anything you're not leaving the house not not really okay it's because it's it feels just unavoidable the current strain going around i know so many people that have gotten sick and it's that yeah. and, and the way i think about it too is like even if it, you're you're hanging out with friends right you know what you who you've been around and you've taken the right precautions they've done the same thing but then you don't know like the people they interact with you think that too but they don't know the people they've interacted with and it's like this right. ever-growing tree of possibilities of getting it and it's so highly infectious that i'm a part of me is like i i want to break out of all of this just do what i want to do but i also then feel like it's like giving up right before you finish a marathon uh then again it, <laughs> yeah yeah like yeah. you're like well i went this far i might as yeah. well so it's like uh, man yeah, i don't yeah. want to just give it feels like kind of giving up now but then again the implication of that analogy is that we're near the finish line and I, I don't know where the fuck the finish line is. Well, that's that, the so. thing. Like I, you know, this marathon doesn't end in central park. Uh, you know, yeah. you can't cognitively, uh, you know, I do think, and I, I am uh, a cynic. I do think it's going to be over like two years from now. I think everything will be different in yeah. a better way. I don't, you know, I was talking to my, I go to a primary care physician. I don't want to brag. I have health insurance, <laughs> but no. Uh, he was saying, you know, in an inner, in a in an urban area, you might still have to wear masks for foreseeable future. But I don't think it's going to be. I do think this is the beginning of the end. It's going to burn out and just become a thing that happens sometimes. People who have, you know, uh, you know, uh, lessened immune systems are still going to have to be careful. But I think in general, it'll it'll kind of eat out. I just think our psyche will be the real issue, not so much the disease itself. It'll become a cold. But I think the fact that we've all been, you know, misinformation, we're all, you know, you know, we've been jerked around and having to be inside and some of us are fearful. I think all that's going to, you know, live with us and there's going to be repercussions in terms. I already think people are acting more insane than they would normally. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think just, just the vibe uh, of, I'm big into vibes. I just think the vibe <laughs> of too. the world is like crazy because we just made her, you know, we've been made crazy and crazy. I don't mean in like, I'm not insulting people with mental health issues of which I have one. I'm saying just crazy in the sense that you don't know where you are or what you're doing or, you know, you can't go on vacation. Or you can't, some people have been living a different, their lives as normal and other people haven't. Those people resent the other people. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think there's, I don't know. It's just, it is crazy making, even though you might, you know, necessarily not think of it that way. So, um, I had a therapy session two days ago. Oh, good for you. And, uh, online, I'm assuming on the Zoom. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. It was a telehealth appointment. Oh, good. And we talked about just how everybody's going through collectively some form of PTSD. Sure. And she brought up that it's such the case that, that in, a study or like a paper she read recently that that to the point where they're having to come up with a new word for it because PTSD is just too much of an umbrella term for what this is and it's going to manifest itself in so many different permutations of that that you have to redefine what that means I mean I'm sure in the future there'll be something called like pandemic related stress or it's not just normal stress it was pandemic related 
you know, alcoholism or, you know. It, I, it could I'm be sure. like PSD, pandemic stress it, disorder. Yeah, some, something you know, like some that. Some basic, yeah, yeah. you know, a variation of it. They'll have to rewrite the DSV or whatever they have to, you have to comb through it differently. Um, yeah. You want to talk about MacGruber? Absolutely. What do you, you think? Th- over, uh, oh, go ahead. You asked me the questions. I always forget it's your show. No, I, this is a conversation. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Uh, that, I, you know, I, I will say this. Going into it, I know that we had talked about, like, about talking about this very topic for an episode that we both were like, yeah, we're going to burn through it, and it's going to be great, and then we'll talk about it. Like, within, you know, a week of that was the idea at the time. But I'm glad that didn't happen because after I watched, like, two or three episodes— I realized, wow, I've watched as much as the 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 one touchstone I have that I've loved for over a decade now, which is a 90-minute movie. And and so I was like, man, I I want to let this breathe a little bit because there is so much happening in one episode, and I don't want to burn through it because then it will just all be a blur. Oh, that's interesting. You know, it wasn't a blur. F- I, I will say I loved it. Um, I thought it was the best version of a reboot I've that's ever come out. Um, I They weirdly did not advertise it at all. I think Will Forte did a bunch of interviews on podcasts and stuff, and then it's disappeared. Um, but I thought it was the... I thought it was unnecessary <laughs> for it to be six episodes. I don't know why, and this is... It has to do with money and algorithm, and I'm sure people don't want to watch a three-episode show. But I would totally watch a three-episode show. Yeah, You know what I'm saying? Like, if each episode was 40 minutes, and it had a cliffhanger, and it was a movie ostensibly, but just three episodes, that would be fine with me. I would not be mad. I would not cancel my subscription. I, I just think, and I said this about the, um, did you watch the Will Ferrell, Paul Rudd show on Apple TV? I've not watched that. How is that, first of all? I don't bother. But uh, I've heard middling things about it for the most part. Excuse me, I'm going to burp. But um, it's good. Hold on one second. You don't have to edit that out. People can hear it. Um, <laughs> the um, uh, It's fine. It should just be a 90-minute movie. I don't know why these shows have to be... I don't know why they have a four-hour show for a, a story that only takes... Stories can be short. So I don't know why it had to be six episodes, because like you said, it's a blur. There's just so much going on that they're like, well, I guess it's just... Everything's a little fatty. Um, I thought I enjoyed it, and I thought this was great. I thought it was the best version of a six-episode thing. But there were just so many jokes in it. I, I don't know. I just thought it could have been 90 minutes. But you're right. I mean, I watched it through once, but I couldn't stop watching it. I thought it was great. I mean, it was just so funny. that I thought it also examined the character in a different way. I thought, I thought everybody got to... He was the same character, but still grew. It was the best version of what you can... It was one of the best sequels, I think, up there with Empire Strikes Back and Godfather 2, where it was just an improvement on the actual thing that I already liked. It To your point, I... Well, first of all, I completely agree. And to your point, like, it could have... And this is unfair, because there's so many other examples of this, but this is the one that came to mind, because I guess tonally there's a similarity there. And it just didn't work out in the sequel, but it could have been a Zoolander two, and it. I didn't even see Zoolander two. I mean, I couldn't even. I, I didn't think even I really put like this Zoolander. up actually last episode, last time we recorded. It's pretty bad, and it's done in such a way that it is winky and bad. So it's like very like trying to instead of telling the audience what it wants to see and guiding that voice, I guess it uh, and instead just gave them everything it thought they wanted. 
and it was bad, and it was overstuffed, and it was just a mess. And this is more of a, wow, we're, it's both the silliest shit while also developing things, and it is structurally like a show, but not in a way that I in any way found distracting. Yeah. It, it's just great. It's so funny. They do so many interesting things with it, like the way they, they deconstruct what you would normally do in these situations in an action movie, mm-hmm. and then just turning that on its head. Like when he's trying to distract the Russian uh, scientist, and he does the and he does the thing about like, oh my god, look at that! Just trying to distract her, just to put something in her drink. And she is not moving an inch. Yeah, yeah. And he just doubles crazy. down and doubles down and doubles down. And he's like, okay, I guess you're not going to look. Huh? Too bad you're missing out. And it's so funny in that moment. It's so funny. Um, I thought the funniest joke to me was the song she sings when he uh, <laughs> rediscovers her. The thing of the audience's reaction to the song that doesn't make any sense, but she's so committed to it. That was great. I thought Lawrence Fishburne, what a pro to like, be so silly but so serious about it it was great i thought it's, um the only miscast i thought was weird was the sam elliott as his dad i don't know i thought sam elliott is almost too funny now if that makes sense like i thought to have his dad be someone that only does straight like uh i don't know who it would be someone who only does drama even i don't know i feel I, like sam elliott was kind of a silly choice but that's that was that's such a nitpicky thing that I think Sam Elliott played it well, played his part well. Yeah. And there was even an exchange, and let me actually bring that up. I had it in a Word document that really made me laugh. Uh it was the first time you saw that Sam Elliott reunited first time we saw Sam Elliott and his son McGruber in it. And the exchange was, Hello, son, I didn't think you'd I would ever see you again. So you got my letter. I did. It's hard to read. Yeah, that was a lot. There was a lot of emotional stuff in there. No, I mean your handwriting was barely legible. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he goes, "Yeah, sounds like me." And even that was just yeah, played straight. Is great, you know. Like, I also like the fact that uh, that v- Billy Zane's character. <laughs> yeah, Billy Zane was great in it. I thought he, he was, was so great. funny. He I was mean, so he's been good. doing. You would say he's and now after Titanic for some reason I don't know what his what happened, but he's um, a B movie actor, right? Like, he, he, he he's, is. he's what, you know, Val Kilmer is not a B-movie actor in my eyes, but he was kind of fulfilling that Val Kilmer part in a weird way. But he is a B-movie. I think I feel like he just makes made-for-TV movies, like, crappy at this point, but he felt like he was having a really good time doing what he normally does my perception, My perception of him is that he does Let whatever— Let me look up Billy Zane. I'm going to look him up. What has my, he been doing? It seems to me like he just seems like a guy who does whatever movie he needs to do to fund his lifestyle in Monaco or something. That's my perception of him. Like just he's kind of like an interesting, enigmatic guy. I've talked to somebody who worked with him and said who? he was a delight. Who worked with him? Mike Castle worked with him. Oh, Mike Castle, yeah. Mike yeah, in Guest great. House. Any? Uh, <laughs> guest House. Yeah. Oh, is Billy Zane a guest? Is Guest House good? What did you think of it? There's some did funny moments it? in it. It's funny. I, it's on, it was the it's f- on Netflix. Is it? Yeah. You know, what's funny about Guest House is, like, you're like, they made a Pauly Shore movie now, which you know I love Pauly Shore. Yeah. Um, and um, I think it's done pretty well. Like, people have seen it. Is that correct? Like, it's done... It's done like people know it about it. during the pandemic, and it's on Netflix now, and there's some funny moments in it. Absolutely. All right, so he's in Guest House. 
He's in Battle of the Bulge Winter War. These are just from 2020. The I mean, he's done 20 movies since 2020. He's in something called Food Fight. Waltzing with... He's playing Marlon Brando and Waltzing with Brando. He's in MacGruber. Enos Queeth is a great name. It is. Um, he's in a show called Curfew in 2019. But he's he's in Holmes and Watson as himself. I know years ago they made a... Do you know the guys... Oh, two guys that wrote on Workaholics made a pilot for Comedy Central, and he was in it as himself. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and it's... Um, you know the guys. Sean Clements. Oh, yeah, yeah I talked to him guy. on the show. Oh, you did? Sean Clements, yeah. Yeah, Sean Oh, Clements. so was it probably Dominic Durkis, I'm guessing? Dominic, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so Dominic they were from, writing partners for a time. Yeah, yeah, and it's, and they were on... Um, they were on... Uh, they wrote on Workaholics, so... But he was playing himself on something like... He was the owner of a hostel or something, but he's in a, I mean, it sounded funny, but I he's like in a lot of, yeah, it doesn't seem like he, I haven't heard the same things like I heard about um, Michael Madsen, who literally for $3,000 will show up and do $3,000, you give him $3,000 cash, he'll show up and do your movie. Well, so, I'll, I'll tell you what about Michael Madsen, one, one quick thing is that he's in a few episodes of the show Those Who Can't, and it's very funny. Oh, you know what? I never checked out that show. It's, it's funny. Good. It's really funny. I like those guys. I mean, yeah. I like the Grolix guys. Yeah, yeah. That's I, I recommend that. it. I think it might. I think it might actually be on HBO Max. I'm not sure about that. I I'm think sure so. it is. You but know what's it's not bad either. Is um, that show's funny? Tacoma Fire Department is not bad either. Oh, is it? Okay. I heard. Um, I heard them. Steve Lemmy, maybe I forget who. On I think it was Hollywood Handbook. You know, yeah, co-hosted yeah. by Sean Cummins. Yeah. And they're just really funny, da- down to clown guys. They're really funny. You gotta, if you haven't seen it, and this is a movie I've watched a couple times, their original movie before Super Troopers that they made that went to Sundance, they made it like at their college. It's like, um, it's called Puddle Cruiser. Um, I've heard of it. I've not seen it. Uh, yeah, you should check it out. It's pretty good. Like okay. as a first movie, it's really funny. And, and obviously it's, it's weird to go back because I was watching Bottle Rocket again the other day and it was weird to go back and watch someone's earlier stuff yeah uh because i love bottle rocket it might be one of my favorites of all time but um to watch their early stuff the super trooper guys this is so nerdy i hope people like this kind of thing do you get feedback on this are people like oh this episode you i don't get <laughs> you feedback guys got from anything really is... no one's no one ever right i thought not reaching out this, no. right people, people around the world Absolutely. are listening to it yeah okay yeah got a lot of downloads in the last month in japan so really hello japan yeah you should um are you ever going to go on tour with the show <laughs> i don't think i i the, the listenership is it's pretty damn good and I'm, and I'm very proud of that but not any of that maybe uh maybe down the road a patreon that'd be cool just to you should do a patreon also there. i think someday i'll come down we'll do a live episode like in person when it's safe to do so that'd be fun I think that'd be cool. I've never been to Arkansas, so that might be a, a fun trip. It's a beautiful state. I recommend it. It gets a bad rap as, as for all fair reasons. Because of Bill Clinton? <laughs> because I think now uh, Bill Clinton's Huckabee, involvement with the Epstein. Epstein yeah, I think uh, uh, I think that is not good. Huckabee is an active fool. We're about to get Sarah Huckabee Sanders as our governor, which is— Wait, um, she get elected? She's going to be, inevitably. Yeah. Oh, because there's no one to run against her. There's no. De- it's not a democratic state, right? Like she's there's... raised eight to ten million dollars for a really? governor race. Yeah. Is she that bad? And I say this not knowing anything about her. She's yeah. just. She's terrible, right? She was the mouthpiece for Trump, and right, right, and and 
he loves her because she did such a good job at bullshitting. You know, it's she's right. She's like a very she's a she's a moron, like absolutely, but mm. she's effective at it, and that's problematic in and of you, itself. You got comedy clubs in Little Rock. You got a we got the got? Looney Bin. I think it's weathered What's the Looney bin? all of this. It's a uh, yeah. It's just a you been there. For, I've I've been to there over the years. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, let's see what's playing there. Let's see who's there. Can I take a take a look? Yeah, go for it. I'm gonna look at Lo- Looney Bin because that's where we'll, we'll do the live show, right? That's probably the place. We have like coffee houses and stuff too that would probably do that. But there do you have like a, a black box theater type of like you got an improv there, theater in town or what? Yeah, yeah, there is. What what's yeah. it called? It's uh, it's a co- it's in North Little Rock. Rock Looney Bin Comedy Club Little Rock. All right, let's see who's there this week. And I know right. we're getting off topic. No, and now I'm curious too. I don't right. even know. Mick Foley is coming. I'd go see him do stand up. <laughs> I didn't know he was doing any of oh, that. Oh man, in college, in college when I was in Boston, there was the um comedy connection. We would go see everybody. I mean, I saw uh I saw Dave Chappelle open for Middle for I, I don't know if I, I probably told you this right. Anthony Clark who had a show on at the time called Boston Common who was on Yes Dear. I watched that uh, show, yeah. Yeah, uh, Boston Commons great. Um, yeah, and then uh, I saw um, who else? David Cro- maybe David Cross. I definitely saw Jim Brewer, who at the time wasn't crazy. Um, I don't know. I, I just we really enjoyed going to a comedy club and getting two cokes and watching, you know, like someone we saw on TV. I don't know. I thought it was great. So no, I agree. I remember when I was a kid when you're driving home from like a. I think probably from my, my grandma's house in Kansas. And I was looking at, I think just, I uh, had it in the newspaper. And it was an advertisement for a stand-up comedian going to Looney Bin. This was like probably early to mid-90s. And I thought it said Jim Carrey, so I got excited. And it ended it? up being Drew Carey. Oh, I, that would have been awesome. I would have been there still, in heartbeat. But in, in the, in yeah, the yeah. moment, though, not knowing who Drew Carey was and, think, and having the disappointment attached to it, thinking it was Jim Carrey, in... Then I was just like, oh, man, oh, who cares, comparatively. And then now realizing, now knowing Drew Carey and all about him, I'm like, oh, man, I really missed out on that opportunity. That would have been great. You know, I what I really miss is I liked performing live com- I haven't done live comedy in a long time, but I just because of the pandemic and I used to do improv all the time. But I loved watching people do comedy. I loved going. Um, I loved watching friends do it. I love being there. It was just as fun when someone killed as someone tanked really badly just because if you dug in hard enough, it became funny in itself. Like, yeah. I don't know. I just, it's great. So the Looney Bin, I would say, is not headliners that you would know. Like, there's a guy called Jersey this weekend um, and then Mick Foley next weekend, which I would go see because I what's that? And then Rocky Dale Davis. So this sounds like if you were a Southern comic, you might pass through. Is that right? Yeah, and it's owned. They own one in Tulsa as well. Okay, so it's kind of part of a chain. So I think they right. flip people. It's all sure. part of a circuit, you know. I There's don't know also, any of these people. Mick Foley is the only one I I recognize, and that's maybe my for other reasons. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just don't know any of these people. But there's a place in Northwest Arkansas that I think about it, and they get legitimate people. Where is it? What's it called? It's in Northwest Arkansas. Let me try to find it. Oh, okay. I mean, we don't have to if this is boring. Now I'm here, curious. But, uh, but I, I'm, you know, every town has a comedy club. I mean, there's an open mic night at this place, which I'm sure you're th- rolling the dice going to uh, <laughs> at this climate. Christian comic Brands, Brad Stein. No, oh, because this is old. Okay. 
I wonder how they're doing. Um, but what's the improv question. theater in town? What's the improv theater? It's, uh, I got to remember that. It's not officially town. It's just in the back of a coffee shop, coffee shop. And there's a group that does improv there, but they also do uh, sketches that they write sometimes. And, and their claim to fame is that they had like a sketch. Oh, you told air, me this. Air in the SNL? late 80s that was on SNL. Yeah. Right, right, right. Some competition or something. But they're still, so are they older people or are they just getting younger people to go? They're, it's two older people that are a couple. Uh, and one of them is like a guy in his 30s that joined them and they do performances and stuff. Right. Uh, this okay. The comedy club that I was thinking of is in Lowell, Ar- uh, Lowell, Arkansas, the Grove Comedy Club. Right. And they've had big people. I know the the name Grove? that I recognize. Right. The Grove. The name that I recognize is going to be in early February is Orny Adams. Orny oh, Adams, sure. who was From the de facto the antagonist, I guess. Yeah, in, he's terrible. In the comedian. I mean, I would not. I'd go see him if you know that was the game in town. Um. I'm surprised he's still... It's so funny. He never... I think he was a good comedian. I, I've seen Seinfeld talk about how he thought, oh, Joe Zimmerman's coming. My friend Joe Zimmerman. Oh, really? Yeah, I know Joe Zimmerman. He is great. He opens for... Um, yeah, oh, oh, Aaron Weber. I know Aaron Weber. I don't know him personally, but he's on Nate Bergazzi's podcast. Joe Zimmerman's great. Oh, uh, that, that would be a great show to go see. If you were comfortable, obviously. I, I don't think you'd be going, but the Joe Zimmerman's great. Um, that's a plug for him. But he... Um, uh, opens for Brian Regan a lot, who is, you know, one of the best stand-ups I've ever seen live. Brian Regan um, is incredible. Yeah, incredible stand-up. Um, I don't want to, I'm almost out of time for yeah. me, but um, we did I like, say enough about McGruber? I have five minutes I think left. so. Yeah, we got five okay. minutes. Yeah, I, I highly recommend McGruber. To your point, like, they barely advertise it, which doesn't make any sense to me that you would make a thing and then basically tank it by not giving it any kind of due. Especially right. a thing that's so, so good, so funny, and for a lot of people, I certainly myself included, was like, I saw you know, like I've said before, I saw that in the theater the weekend it came out, and it's still probably my favorite comedy. So it, it's gained a following, at least enough, presumably, to get made. You know, mm-hmm. this <laughs> this new thing. I just don't understand it. Support the thing that you make. It's great. Right. Um. Awesome. That's yeah. great. I'm out of uh, I'm out of hot takes. The, the it's funny you said you don't want to feel bad when you're watching a thing or have something stick with you, but the HBO show Station Eleven, which oh is yeah a, is amazing. Yeah, another friend. Oh, I'll watch it. I have HBO Max. I'll watch it. Station it's Eleven. All right, I'll very very good. It's extremely well done. Uh, yeah, I just I don't really have too much to add to it because other than to say. It's just very, it's like a prestige television show. It's about a pandemic, so I can understand why people wouldn't want to watch it. But I've watched it and not, and it's different enough, I suppose, or just so well done that I don't, it's it's escapism. It still right. does the trick, and it's just so good. Highly recommend it. Cool. I'll check it out. Yeah, and Champagne Ill, which is now on Hulu. Oh, I'll check that out too. That looks interesting. It's very funny. I oh. mean, it's. Yeah, Sam Richardson and Adam Pally. It's hard to go wrong with that. Uh, another plug: The Great North is great. If you haven't watched that, if you like Bob's Burgers, that's I've not. One. Bob's Burgers is a big blind spot for me. I've never watched it. I need to watch uh, it. I've watched enough of it to know what it is. Oh, my friend Richie is on Ghosts, which is actually very good, and that's on CBS. And that show is very good. popular. I think it just became like the number one. Yeah, it's a number comedy one show in its yeah. time show time slot. Yeah. And funnily enough, the also the 
original UK or British ghost ghost that the mm-hmm. that show is based on is on HBO Max. Fantastic. I'll check it out. Yeah, I was Well, we plugged a lot of shows for people to go see. <laughs> if you're in Japan, you could probably hey. get these through a, a a VPN. You could use a VPN to <laughs> block them, them, you know, download it from another country. I've used a VPN to watch BBC shows or listen to BBC radio. What a nerd. I admittedly tried doing that the other day to watch uh, Toast of London to rewatch that. Oh, yeah. Well, is it, that not on? It's on something, isn't it? No, it's not, not anymore. Anything. It's not anything. But Toast of Hollywood's coming out. Yes, that's why I was trying to rewatch it. And uh, the BBC saw right through my VPN. Ugh. That was a failure, uh, unfortunately. But, you know. Disgusting. I'll find a way. Um, just make it more available for me. It was on Netflix for a while, and then it just went off. Uh, and now the new season just was announced, so I'm, I'm very curious to rewatch. Brittany, I got a jet. Okay. I got to go. But this was a delight. Thank you all for listening. Please Can I have me safe. on for a fourth? Care. A fourth yeah. time? Absolutely. Maybe Whenever. later in the summer when I've watched more things and yeah. have things to plug? Okay. Yeah, that'll be great. Thank you all, all right. for listening. Please stay safe. Please take care. Uh, avoid Omicron, quite literally like it's a plague. What a fun way to end it. Thank you again. Goodbye. Thank you.